Today, we're serving the tea on what it means to walk the will of the year, the different Sabbaths that are celebrated, and how understanding the seasons can help you become more productive creatively. We hope to share how working within the seasons and harnessing the the energy that's found there in nature can bolster your own innate magic. Welcome to Starlight Tea, where we're serving the tea for living a magically creative life. I'm Christy Cook. And I'm Belinda Boring. Starlight Tea Podcast, a member of the Once Upon a Podcast Network, is brought to you by Of Starlight and Moonbeams a team of authors and creators who support, educate, and create community with other women creatives and solopreneurs, helping us all keep our cups filled so we never serve from an empty one. To receive notifications of new episodes plus a free subscription to our monthly Moonbeams magazine, as well as other exclusive gifts and offerings, be sure to join our email list at starlightandmoonbeams.com. Hey, Belinda, what's in your cup this week? I have my summer cup back out again because it's just so pretty. And I have some iced water in it that I've added some orange energy flavoring, you know, the the powders. Mm -hmm. Um, So that is yummy, yummy. And in my life cup this week, I've been working a lot in my garden and getting it ready. And I'm impatient um, we're still waiting for the weather to get a little warmer so that my pants, my pants, my plants have a good chance to thrive. We still have another frost, I think, around the corner. Um, but uh, my pumpkin patch is exploding right now. It is Woo. so exciting. At least I have something growing. Um, that was just from the the pumpkins that I grew last year with my grandson. Mm-hmm. We just buried those suckers and put some more. Um, soil on top and all that good stuff, and Wait, it's exploding. You, you you buried the pumpkins, the like the whole pumpkin. Or yeah, well, off. No, no. After it was done, um, and we left it out, I just put it in the raised bed and just waiting for it just to naturally decompose and okay. break down. Cool. And then when it was time, I think it was a star that we started doing it. I just smashed it down and kind of. Oh, got rid of all the icky <laughs> the squishy stuff and then I just covered like we buried a little and then covered it all up and then started watering it that's actually how the pumpkin patch started last year it was by accident because I had done the same thing and when I went to go throw out the decomposed pumpkin I didn't know that some seeds were left behind I covered it up with soil to plant flowers and next thing I know we've got pumpkins and so that was exciting. This year we did it on purpose. That's and cool. And I think if they all survive, we've got like 30, oh my 30 starter things out there. You're going to have your own pumpkin patch. <laughs> right. For the whole, the whole neighborhood. What we do is I'll probably can a lot of it um, and make pumpkin pie filling so we can make mm. um, pumpkin bread and pumpkin um, muffins and stuff. We'll share it with family. I like to go give our neighbor. Yep. I'll send some to you. I send uh, a pumpkin over to our landlord, who's our neighbor. And yeah, probably have 
kids in the family come and pick pumpkins if all goes well. But that's that's what's happening. Um, and it's really good. I do it with my grandson. His job right now is to water all the plants. Just the other day, we planted the first of our potatoes. And I'm really enjoying the time that I have to spend working with the soil and getting it ready and out there with my family. Um, it's a chance to put down the phone, turn off the TV, turn off all the noise in the world. And it's just the three of us back there working together, like doing raised beds. And my little grandson will run over to help us carry it over to where we've set it up. And so it's just, I've just, I've had so much fun, uh, especially it just seems because life is getting busier and busier. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really cherishing and appreciating these moments And it's just that reminder to keep myself grounded and to keep focused on my priorities. Um, So, yeah, that's just one of the things that we've been doing this week. So what about you, Christy? What's in your cup? Let's see. In my physical cup, I have a new cup that I just got at Ross, which you never know what you're going to find there. And it says, you are made of stars. So I just thought that was perfect to be drinking for Starlight Tea. And I actually have tea in it for once. I have some chai in there. Yay. So that's my physical cup. My life cup is overflowing. Like you, it's getting busier and busier, <laughs> but in a good way. I'm in a mentorship program that I am absolutely loving because it is helping me pull together all these thoughts and ideas that I've had in my head to actually bring into, to manifest into reality in something I can work with and specifically for starlight and moonbeams and the programs that I want to do and you know the offerings and everything but it's also you know we do the work at the same time that we're learning how to offer the work to others and so it's going through the alchemical process again and learning and growing and healing it's a never-ending cycle and I think we talked about right. it or we touched on it last week. It's it's like that onion that you just keep pulling back the layers and you discover something more. So it's been really good. Um, every time I go through it, in some ways it's easier. In some ways it's harder because the deeper you get, the harder that's where the really hard stuff is. But I know now, and that's what I just love about it. And that's why, you know, what I've been trying to pull together to help other people is when you know what you're going through, it's a little bit easier. And you're like, okay, I know this process. I know part of it's going to suck. But I know when you get to the other side, it's so worth it. And you just stick with it. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited for you too. That onion. Yeah, not excited for the onion. But (laughs) yeah, it's got to hurt. Yeah. So since our latest issue of Moomings Magazine just dropped, we'd like to shine the starlight on it. It's our fairy issue, and we have so many fun articles. We have crafts in there, rituals, and more for fairy magic. Plus, we're featuring some of our favorite fae books. As fantasy authors, you know, we have an amazing list, so we want to share that with you. So be sure to get your complimentary e-copy available on our website of, of starlightandmoonbeams.com. 
Yeah, I love this issue. It was so fun. And while you're there at our website, check out the Luminary Circle because it is still open to new members, but it won't be for long. So this is a special opportunity to get in as a founding member of, of Starlight and Moonbeams. There's a tab on the website, and while you're there, subscribe to our newsletter, too, so you can stay up to date on what else we are bringing and offering. And for now, we invite you to hit the subscribe button below so our new episodes of Starlight Tea Podcast are always queued up for you as soon as they drop. And you can follow us on the socials as well. Also, other listeners would love to know what you think about Starlight Tea, so please consider leaving a review. Before we start serving the tea on Walking the Wheel of the Year, we just want to drop in a little note here. You will hear us discussing throughout the conversation the High Holy Days or the Sabbaths that Mark each spoke on the Wheel of the Year. These are holidays that modern-day pagans and Wiccans celebrate, but they were also ancient festivals that our ancestors celebrated. They were to honor the certain times of the year and the gods and goddesses that they worshipped at that time. But you will find, regardless of your own religion, tradition, culture, that there is something very similar that you also celebrate at that time of year. And the reason is because the energy is still the same. So in the spring, we celebrate new birth, resurrection, rebirth, new beginnings. In the summer, we celebrate the height of growing season. In the fall, we celebrate the dying off, the letting go, and new beginnings start up again. At Yule, the celebration is for the return of the sun, the birth of the sun, after the longest night. So as you can see, the energies are not particular to religion or society or culture. They are surrounding us. They are simply there. They are natural. And so as you listen to our discussion, please don't be put off if you're not familiar with the High Holy Days or in the Sabbaths or if that is not part of your own religion or tradition because you can find that the same energies are intertwined into whatever your beliefs are. And so please keep an open mind and go into this with a beginner's mind as well to hopefully learn and discover something new as far as how to make the energies that are occurring all around us at any time of the year work for you rather against you. So thank you and we hope you enjoy. Hopefully you've had a chance to listen to our bonus episode on Beltane because Christy shared a little bit about what we're going to talk today. So how about we settle in and let's serve the tea on the Wheel of the Year. Now the Wheel of the Year refers to the cycle nature and the earth goes through this each year and it marks out eight holidays that we celebrate to honor it. Um, in our Beltane issue, Christy mentioned that it helps us to literally imagine a wheel and how it's divided into spokes. Now, each spoke represents one of the festivals or Sabbaths, and just like a wheel in motion, helps us to move through the different seasons. And 
to also recognize and move through the different energies. The Wheel of the Year, also, it isn't a new or modern concept either, because it was a way that our ancestors marked the passing of time. And it allowed them to prepare and make the most of their time as well. Um, It can be found in pretty much all cultures in some form or another, and rich traditions that have passed down throughout history, you can even find them today being practiced. So let's dive a little deeper and see how observing these festivals can actually help enrich our lives and the traditions that we hold right now that are important to us. So first, it's important to understand how the year is broken up. We have taught, been taught since we're small that we experience four seasons. We have spring, summer, fall, and winter. Or if you're like me, who's Australian, spring, summer, autumn, and winter. And the will of the year recognizes these four solar points or quarter days as the spring equinox, summer solstice, fall equinox, and the winter solstice. Festivals to honor these pivotal points in the year are known as Astara, which was uh, celebrated back in spring, Litha, which is celebrated in summer, Mabin, which is celebrated in fall, and Yule, celebrated in winter. But we mentioned that there are eight, right? Well, we also celebrate the midpoints between these four seasons for additional festivals where we can show gratitude and celebrate. And those are called Imolk, which is February the 1st, Beltane, which we just celebrated back May 1st, Lamas, and I. every time I look at how the other name, Lugnas, Lugnasha, Lugna, August 1st, Lamas, and one of the most, uh, the one that most of us are familiar with is Samhain, which is November 1st, and Samhain is Halloween, traditionally. And it's our favorite. At least it's it's mine. Actually, I'm I'm learning to love all of them. But yeah, um, we love Samhain. And Samhain, by the way, it looks like it's pronounced Samhain. So if you see it in writing, you're going to read it as Samhain. But it's a Gaelic word, so it doesn't sound much like it looks. But that's how you say it is Samhain. And it is, like Belinda said, it's Halloween. So the best time of year. Like we did for Beltane, we'll have a special episode for each Sabbath or holiday when we get there so you can learn all about them and how to celebrate and how to harness the energy for your own life as they come up. For now, Belinda's going to give a quick rundown of each one, though, just so you can kind of get in your head what they are. And just a side note, what is considered the New Year holiday? Like we have, you know, in the traditional calendar, we have New Year's Day, right? Um, different traditions mark different Sabbaths for the beginning of the year. So, uh, and again, we'll get more into that as we come up on them. Um, but Belinda is going to run through it, starting with what pretty much we're all familiar with is the beginning of the calendar I just year. have to interject. Little side note. The best time of year, the best holiday to ce- celebrate is Yule, Christmas, and then <laughs> I was like, no, you can't slight my Christmas. I love you. But yeah, Samhain, I always thought it was scary. And so it wasn't a favorite. And then I realized, no, there's so much beauty. And 
depth and amazingness in Samhain in Halloween. And so that's my second favorite. And so I just had to interject. Yes. <laughs> Time of year from September 1st until Yule. <laughs> I mean, really, it's just that whole time of year. So, yeah. <laughs> Get back to just talking about the, the eight Sabbaths and just briefly what they are. And yeah, we're going to start with January. I've been really fortunate that each month of the Moonbeams magazine, I've been able to write the feature article um, on the different holidays and Sabbaths. And so it's given me a really great chance to deep dive into some of the really rich history and traditions and discover what kind of energy comes into play with each turn of the wheel. And honestly, I feel, honestly feel that we could take an episode to discuss each Sabbath and talk about all the interesting facts, which actually we will do in our bonus, I just realized, in our bonus episodes when they show up. So that is good because there's just so much um, folklore and tales and gods and goddesses and just how our ancestors practiced and lived. So for time's sake, we'll just touch on them briefly today with the invitation that you subscribe to the magazine to read more and also that you tune in to those bonus episodes. So let's begin at the beginning of the calendar year in January, and that is Imolk. It's one of those midpoint festivals. It happens in between winter and spring, and it's viewed as a fire festival where we celebrate all things hearth and home. But it's also a it's the first of the fertility festivals that happen, because as you imagine, in winter, things have, de- have died off, everything's resting, it's rejuvenating. And as we're starting to make that switch from winter to spring at this time, things are starting to wake up and become more fertile. So it is a fertile festival as well. That's a mouthful, fertile festival. It's also known as St. Bridget's Day or the time when the goddess Bridget is honored by creating corn husk dolls to place in your home. This is the beginning of spring. Um, when it's, like I said, the time when the earth begins to slowly wake up from its long slumber over cold winter, hibernation is starting to, there's a hibernator starting to, to wake up and things like that. People are starting to clean out their houses. They're starting to get their mind, their mindset shifted from relaxation to what am I going to prepare? What uh, seeds am I going to sow? What type of crops? What kind of livestock? That's what was happening around this time in Imolk. And again, that's February. And then we come into Astara. The world is reborn now because spring is officially here. Astara is the spring equinox and nature is starting to become in full bloom. It's named after um, the Germanic goddess of spring Astara. It's another fertility festival to celebrate the renewal and rebirth of life and of new opportunities. This is now when we'll start noticing that the days are getting a little longer and they're starting to get a little warmer. Theoretically. Yeah, (laughs) theoretically, (laughs) because if you live where I am, it's still cold. (laughs) Then we have Glorious Beltane. Um, We just celebrated it. Um, And if you joined us for our gathering, we're grateful that you came and hope you enjoyed it. It marks the halfway point between spring and summer. It's a fire festival where bonfires are built 
People would jump over them for protection and to purify their intentions. They would lead their cattle from as they were moving them from winter pastures into summer pastures. It's one of the two times in the year where the veil between worlds is the thinnest. And Beltane is all about fae. Um, it's also a fertility. It's the last of the fertility festivals. And sexuality is a huge thing because of all the growth and abundance and newness and birth. Um, they're big parts of honoring Beltane. So next we move into Litha. And Litha is the summer solstice. And summer has arrived. Litha marks the longest day and the shortest night of the year. Um, growth is abundant now. Every Everything is green and it's growing and it's gorgeous. And life is thriving. It's a time to gather about and celebrate the goodness of Mother Nature and enjoying the blessings already received. And that's what the celebrations focus around. Like, life is good. Um, Lamas, this is the first of, and this is a midpoint, between the summer solstice and the, the um, fall equinox. This is the first of three harvest festivals where people begin to focus, like their focuses have changed from seeding and maintaining their crops to one of seeing the rewards of all their hard work. Uh, Lamas is viewed as a bread and grains holiday. It's a chance to taste and enjoy and give thanks for the protection that they've received over the first part of the year. And it's all about feasting on those first fruits, the, f- the first of their harvest, the first thing that they've been able to, to reap from their hard work. So then we move on to uh, another quarter turn, and this is full equinox. This is Mabin. This is the second harvest festival. And so the harvest is fully underway now, and there are just more celebrations to offer up that gratitude. This marks the first official day of the fall equinox and the will turns once again and growth, the growth of nature and and that abundance, it starts to slow down um, because it's used a lot of that vibrant energy, that life-giving energy. And so it's also the second time in the year where there's that brief balance between night and day because it's equal. I think we mentioned it in one of our episodes. There's only twice in the year where nature is kind of in balance. And that is the spring equinox and the fall equinox where night and day are kind of the same. And so that's Mabern, what we celebrate then. Then you have Samhain. Samhain is that final harvest festival. The abundance that people have worked so hard for throughout the year has come to an end as the earth prepares to rest. It's worked hard. Just as with Beltane, the veil is thinnest during Samhain, but instead of it being a fae-orientated connection, this time it's when we're able to connect with our ancestors, we're able to communicate with them and honor them. Um, We know Samhain today mostly because we celebrate Halloween, and so it comes with its rich rich traditions and folklore that we'll talk about later. But yeah, that's, that's Samhain. Um, and Samhain is that quarter point too, between the fall equinox. And finally, we come to Yule. Yule celebrates the winter solstice. Um, it's officially the first day of winter and with it, the slow return of light to the world. 
This is when the light of day is shortest and the night is darkest and longest, but that means it brings the hope of warmth and brighter days. Uh, It starts to swing. It's also a time of reflection and going inward as people look to the future. And this is when animals hibernate. This is when basically nature and we all just take that deep breath and recharge. And so, yeah. That is the wheel of the year. And those are the eight Sabbaths, the festivals that are celebrated. So Christy, um, do you want to tell us about what we mean by walking the wheel of the year? Okay. Yeah, because this is my thing. And I really started this practice a couple of years ago because I started when I was really starting to understand energy and how it works and how it changes. It goes through these cycles through the year and how... So much of our modern day society works against that. For example, um, we set New Year's resolutions. We're taught, you know, let's set these big goals at the beginning of the year on January 1st. Well, that is actually, if you look at Mother Nature, that's when the world is within. It's all, it's like Belinda just said about Yule, that's when the animals are hibernating. That is when the trees and the plants are dormant. And here we are trying to work against that natural energy and make big things happen. And then we wonder why by January 15th, they're not happening. So I started working with the energies of nature and it's called walking the wheel of the year. And so what we mean by that is as you go into each season, you are working with the energy of that season. And the Sabbaths are a a fun way and a way to pay tribute and to honor that change of energy as well as Mother Nature and what she's doing for us at that time. And it's also a way to mark, okay, this is when I start changing my own energy and what I'm doing. Okay, so... Like I just said, wintertime is a time that we are within, you know, like we follow Mother Nature's lead basically just around the wheel or through the year. So winter we're within, but then spring things are starting to come out. They're starting to emerge from the ground. The animals are coming out. The birds are returning from their migratory patterns. You know, everything's starting to come to life. And so that's when we bring life into our creativity into our businesses. This is when you are planting your seeds and then helping them grow, nurturing them and feeding them and watering and doing what you need to do so that once we come into summer, now they're starting to grow and they're starting to produce and you're, you're starting to see rewards. Um, and then, you know, you go into the autumn or the fall season and that energy. And now things are starting to, you're, you're doing your harvest. You're reaping all of your rewards. You are making the most of what is left of that growing season before everything starts dying off. And then at that time of year, you start going inward again. You start looking at, okay, what am I releasing? What did not work for me this year? What do, what has changed? You know, it's been, 12 months now, or at least nine months since you really started planning and doing things. So what adjustments, what has changed? What has changed in the world? What has changed in my life? What has changed for my business? 
for authors, you might have finished a series now and now you're getting ready to start looking at, okay, what's next? Or you might have been considering, okay, what's next was going to be this one subgenre, but I'm really drawn towards writing this other book. So then you shift. And so you use that time to make the most of it for your business and creativity. And so that's walking the wheel of the year. And that was a quick rundown that we just cycled through. But it's basically, like I said, it's using the energies of what's going on for each season and at each holiday. And so with your eight Sabbaths, each season's going to have its upward climb and then it's downward, right? So it's just kind of cycling like a wave right through those. So at the beginning of spring, it's it's brand new growth. It might just be coming out of the dirt. Um, The baby animals, you know, they're just starting to be born or break through their shells. And so it's the same thing with whatever you're doing in your life, whatever that new project is, it's just the very beginning. And then it starts that energy is building and you're giving it more and more and you're watching it starting to come into its own. You know, the book is um, being written, or at least the first draft is. The art is being done. The business, you know, whatever product you are launching, it's really starting to take hold now, or you're you're figuring out how to market it better. Um, you're, you're still climbing that upward. And then you get to Beltane, where that energy is just fiery and passionate and big. And it is just, it's fertile. Like you said, it's the first... Um, not the first one, it's the last fertility holiday. And so this is when, you know, if you haven't already, you're actually giving birth to the project or you're doing the final draft or whatever it is that you're working on, you know, this is the big energy. And so that it can grow and continue to produce fruit for you throughout summer. And so now we're on the, um, we're moving from that fiery energy into bigger fire energy for summer. And, you know, midsummer is, well, they call it midsummer, but it's actually on uh, summer solstice, which is the first day of summer, uh, which is Letha. And now you're really getting into that growing season and you're just feeding it. And so it goes like that throughout all of the seasons, you know, so each of those eight sabbats, which are about six weeks apart, the energy is starting to shift. And you're either shifting into the season or you're starting to make that shift into towards the next season. And that's what we mean by walking the wheel of the year. It's just taking advantage of whatever energy is is going on in Mother Nature. And you know what I like too? Like I, I learned this from you of finding of when you're starting to understand the energies of each season, like I would beat myself up because towards the end of the year and at the beginning of the year where I felt like I was supposed to be, Oh, let's go, let's go, let's go. That is the slumber. That's the dormant part. That's the going within Mm -hmm. and kind of rejuvenating and renewing yourself, recharging yourself for the upcoming year. I used to feel so guilty and so bad that I wasn't producing. I was one of those people that would set all these big lengthy goals at the beginning of the year and then wonder why, I guess I didn't have the energy to back it up. And so it it made more sense to me to not just run my business and creatively, but just to pay attention to that throughout, just personally, 
okay, this in your life, this yeah. is the way that I can do this, or this makes sense, you know. And so I really like that. When you start doing it, it's such a beautiful experience, especially like winter when, you know, modern day society would have us out there trying to reach our goals, fighting the weather, fighting, you know, everything that's going on. When this is time that you can snuggle by the fire with your family and read them stories Mm -hmm. Or, you know, watch movies together. Do those, the just really experience that family time when it's just you and the people you live with and you make the most of it because it's it doesn't last forever. And then you move into the next season and now everybody is go, 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 go. And, you know, we got all these things to do and it, and the, ener- the weather is nice and it's warm out and the kids want to run around and they want to go be with their friends because now you can't, you know, blame, oh, it's too snowy or cold or icy exactly. to take you over to their house or whatever. So, yeah, everybody, you got sports, outdoor sports going on. And so when you start, when you learn how to walk the wheel of the year, it's not just what you're doing for your business and your creativity, but it's how you can incorporate that, like you said, into all of your life activities. I just had a thought too, like it would be, it's a wonderful way to kind of avoid burnout too, when you follow the energies of the season, Mm -hmm. because you're right, we're constantly bombarded with this let's move let's move let's move okay you've got this idea move on to the next one there's never that time to stop I know as an author the minute I release that book and it's been a process and you release it it's immediately on to the next thing the next thing the next thing um, even with mm-hmm. work we're overworked um, we're never given that chance to really relax and push pause but if you follow the will of the year and you walk it and you realize okay you know this is the time this is the time that I've allocated that nature has shown I can slow down I this is press pause this is celebrating with my family these wonderful holidays that happen I can enjoy the weather enjoy I love it just snuggling up like in front of the heater, in front of a fire, under a blanket with your hot chocolate, whatever it is, that coziness Mm -hmm. that we need to really just slow down and breathe so that we can do that so that when it is time for that next project, that next burst of energy, we're we're able to do it from a full cup, from an overflowing cup because we've taken that time to do it. And that's part of of the mission of you know, Starlight uh, Podcast and of Starlight and Moonbeams of showing us how we can, you know, not serve from an empty cup, but serve from the saucer so that we're not burning out, so that we're able to have all the energy we need yeah. to follow our pursuits, follow our passions, be with our family and stuff like that. So, you know, got to listen to Mother right. Nature. She knows what she's doing, right? And it works because animals are following it. Yeah. The plants are following it. You know, if you see something that's working, wouldn't you do it? So I like that. Yeah, exactly. And it it, it explains a lot why, you know, in winter, we're like, okay, I know I'm supposed to be doing this, you know, working on this goal and doing this ta-da list and everything. But all I really want to do is snuggle under my blanket and sleep or read or, you know, and 
you beat yourself up because you think you should be doing all these other things, but really that is, we feel yeah. it. We already know it. We, we, you know, our bodies are telling us, but our minds have been conditioned to say, no, 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 that's not how you're, what you're supposed to be doing right now. This is what you're supposed to be doing. And it just drags us down. And it explains, you know, when I started looking into this and, you know, there's seasonal affective disorder, mm -hmm. which is definitely related to light. But I also think that this could be a way to help counter that in addition to all of the other treatments. Um, but to allow yourself to say, hey, you know what? This is rest time. This is time to rejuvenate. This is time to regenerate. This is time to allow things to just be. So because it's going to come a time that you want to move, you want to take action, you are fired up to do what, whatever it is that you do in life. So yeah, and ever since I started doing this, things just seem to fall into place easier. I don't feel even though I'm I'm actually accomplishing a lot more, but I don't feel like I'm in that hustle culture that, you know, go, go, go and stressed out. And um, I don't have that tight feeling in my chest, like yeah, on the verge of a panic attack because nothing's getting done. Because I know, okay, this is the right time to be working on this. And there is a time and it's it's in the Bible. There is a season for everything. Yep. And, you know, it's, it's in all of the ancient teachings. There is a season for everything. And that's what walking the wheel of the year means is following the seasons and acknowledging that and not trying to force it because just think about like when you are trying to work against it, it's like trying to run a marathon against a hurricane force wind. I mean, you're, you're, yeah, you can do it or you can try, but you are putting forth so much extra energy instead of plugging yourself into the natural energy and letting it energize you. Exactly. And so it, it, it makes, it makes such a big difference and you can learn more about it you can Google it. You can pay attention to what we're doing with of Starlight and Moonbeams because we follow the wheel of the year. Our Moonbeams magazine, all of the articles, I mean, well, most of the articles, they're usually themed according to what kind of energy is going on. I mean, even the fairy magazine just now, like you said, Beltane is a fairy holiday. And so is uh, Letha. You know, mm -hmm. Midsummer, Midsummer Night's Dream, uh, Shakespeare wrote about it how many hundreds of years ago, you know, about the Fae. And this is the fairy time of year. So that's why we have our Fae issue right now. And then our next issue will be for Letha and Summer Equinox or Summer Solstice. We're, we're helping you out as much as we can. We're <laughs> um, able to walk the wheel of the year and just take advantage and make the most of what energy is at play right now. Yeah. I know that I've been part of that hustle culture and I'm like, it's time to get off the ride. There has to be a better way. And yeah, walking the wheel since I've learned about it, since you shared it, it just, it makes sense. And so I'm glad that we're able to share with people because I know we're not the only people that get tired and that feel that constant need to grind 
you know, slow down. You know, there's a time to grind and there's a time to slow down and give yourself permission to that. I wonder how many of us would feel better too, just by following the natural cycles of the, of the earth. Oh yeah. Physically, mentally, emotionally. Just be your best self, right? Like I, I remember hearing a story and I hope I don't butcher it, but um, when you're an archer, right, you've got your bow and you've got the string you pull the string back, you release it, and it pushes the arrow forward. It's that momentum of pulling it back. What I didn't realize is, do you know, you never keep your string. You never keep the string of the bow. You shouldn't. shouldn't keep it constantly bowed. If you're not using it, you take it apart. You've got to relax it, loosen it, because if you constantly keep something tight, when you pull it back, it's going to snap. That's kind of reminds me of the the walking the will of the year. There, there's a time where we we string up our bow, and we get that momentum. We uh, we decide where we're going to point the the bow, where we're going to shoot our arrow. We pull it back, we pull it back, we release it. Then we go look for whatever it is that we shot at, and then when we're done, we unstring, we relax. You have to do it, mm-hmm. otherwise you snap. And so, yeah, again, it's the patterns of the universe, right? It's all out there. The things that we, yeah. t- we take advantage of that we, we, we see, it shows us, hey, there's a better way to live. There's a better way to get the things that you want without sacrificing your body, sacrificing your mental health, without having to sacrifice something, you know, that abundance is right there. Yeah. Yeah. And. It's that cycle of birth, death, and rebirth. And, you know, we've talked about that before. And actually noticing it and being aware of it and working with it instead of shying away, you know, we tend to be scared of the death part because it, it signifies loss or the unknown. And so it's scary. But it's actually beneficial because you have to shed your leaves. You have to shed your old skins. You you know, we see it everywhere in Mother Nature. Because if Mother Nature doesn't do it, there's no play, there's no new growth. Exactly. And that's the same for us. And so we have to go through those cycles. And what this practice has helped me do as well is appreciate each part of the year, you know, like it used to be, I was a summer baby and I loved summer. Like summer was my season. I, I, except for Christmas, you know, that just one week around Christmas, I wanted it summer all the time. That's why I ended up coming to Florida. (laughs) And then as I got older in my teen years, I was like, oh, I love Halloween and I love the fall. And even though, you know, school is back, I was a nerd. So I kind of liked school. But also just the fall seasons, the change, the Christmas in the air and sweaters and hot chocolate and football games and, you know, just that whole aesthetic basically of what fall was. But like winter and spring, I don't want anything to do with those. Um, I'm the opposite. <laughs> except for spring. Spring was like, you know, at the end of the school year. That was the one good thing about it. But especially when we had we had a farm, we had a 40 acre farm and spring was a lot of work, but it was also so muddy because the snows were melting and the rains were coming. And 
the animals were always getting stuck in the mud or they were always just covered in mud. The We were always getting the vehicles stuck in the mud. Yeah. I mean, I, oh, I, yeah, I had, but now I appreciate what spring means because it means new birth and it means not just out in nature, but for myself and the projects that I want to bring into the world. Because I've had time to actually sit down through the fall and winter and think about what do I want to bring into the world next year? What do I want to do next? And so, you know, that energy is all built up and I'm excited for it. And now, yeah, so now I appreciate each what each season has to offer and what Mother Nature is doing out, out there. You know, I can really see, I watch the cycles now of that birth, death, and rebirth and how beautiful each step of those, each phase is. I love that. Because you're able just to, you're, you feel prepared. You're not in a hurry. You're right on time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny, like when you're talking about your favorite seasons and things like that, when you started talking about fall and, and Christmas or fall and winter, I took a deep breath. I went, ah. so even my body knows that when those times, those seasons come around for me, that it's time to slow down. Like it's time to take that deep breath and Mm -hmm. see, I used to live by the ocean when I was in Australia and summer was, was fun. Summers when you had huge uh, holidays over there, school was out. But since I've moved over here to the States, for the most part, I've lived up in the mountains. And so I love the changing of the leaves. I love the dropping of the temperature. Mm -hmm. I love everything about it. So, yeah, it was interesting. You said fall and I just went, because I could just imagine oh, those <laughs> colors and that pressure, the the pressure of the heat and, and all of that. It was a time to slow down. So it's just interesting. It's interesting why we resonate with certain seasons yeah. and how we associate with them. So, yeah, I hope that this mm-hmm. episode has helped. You know, that it has sparked a few ideas or given you some insight into your own life and how you create and how you could better structure your um, your creative calendar. You know, when you want to produce. Yeah. When do you produce the more? You know, when are you the most inspired? When do you um, take time to be inspired and to look for new things? Yeah. And that that um, brings up a really interesting point before we wrap this up is we've given you nature's wheel of the year, but you can also pay attention to your own wheel, which is something I realized last year is that it's just like, you know, the cycles of the day. Some of us are more productive in the morning, crazy, weird people. <laughs> and some of us are more productive at night. And that would be me. So, you know, when you are planning your day and your schedule and what you're going to get done, you pay attention to when are you most productive? When can you focus best? When are you better off working on those tasks that don't need a lot of focus? And you can do the same thing on an annual basis. When, what time of year really inspires you? I do get inspired that time um, between August and September. And I think that's just from so many years in school, it is like kind of a new beginning at that time. Yes, nature is starting to die off, but humanly speaking, it's just been ingrained in me that that's a new beginning, that's, you know, a new start. And so I've kind of tuned into that as well and paid attention to that. 
And you, you might be the same way, or maybe winter is your season, more weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> or, I mean, as far as like actually doing things, I like winter because it means it's time to go in and just, you know, read and get to do those introverted things I love to do, even though I'm in Florida and we do get a little bit of chilly weather, but still. But yeah, maybe maybe you're a summer baby and that's when you really want to get things done or maybe you're not. Maybe the weather gets to you and it's too much and that's when you want to retreat and go in your your little hidey hole and just exactly. hide out for the season. So pay attention to that as well. Um, we Like I said, we've given you nature's wheel, but you have your own and you can learn how to integrate the two. Let's throw another little kink in there because I just thought that up too because we covered this in the Moonbeams magazine, but we also have the Northern Hemisphere and the Southern Hemisphere. You just said that you felt like August and September where your new beginnings and that that newness and that's when you're inspired, that's actually the spring equinox in the Southern Hemisphere. That's where I would have, like we're coming out of winter and we're going into spring. So isn't it, it's just so fascinating. Like, yeah, there's so many ways, but it's key just to find what works for you. Find the magic that works for you, Mm -hmm. the energy that works for you, that supports you in your creative endeavors and just in life and embrace that. If it doesn't work, you look for something new. That's the beauty. There's, There's so many patterns that you could follow. But yeah. Yeah. And the way to do that is to be aware. So we've made you aware, hopefully, that you're, you'll start paying more attention to what are you feeling with each of these quarter turns of the wheel, with each of these holidays. And we'll be reminding you that they're coming and what the energy is, but pay attention to what you're feeling and how you're responding to it So and make note of it. So next year, you know, okay, this is, you know, when I do best, or this is when I'm better off retreating or, you know, whatever it's working for you. But once you're aware, now you can actually work with what's going on instead of against it. And that's our biggest thing is we, is we just want to open up that consciousness for you, awaken it so that you can live your best Mm -hmm. life and manifest your, what you want to do in life. And it's all about empowerment, right? There we go. I love that. What a great topic. And so, yay. Yes, (laughs) that was fun. This is one of my favorites. (laughs) Christy, what Starburst are you going to be sharing today? I am sending a Starburst out to our very lovely, most wonderful resident astrologist, Jackie Sab, And we just adore her. I actually met her in an astrology group on Facebook. I don't even remember. I think I posted my birth chart with a question or something and she answered it. She said, I would love to read your chart. And I just loved her answer. So I reached out to her and she's been my astrologist since then. Um, Because when we got on for my reading, we just had this wonderful connection and she, she gives so much more. She's just a beautiful soul, a beautiful heart and an amazing astrologist. She's also a feng shui expert and an energy healer and cleanser. So she has all kinds of talents. You can find Jackie. The best way to find her 
actually is in our group of Starlight and Moonbeams creative community. She does weekly forecasts there. She also does monthly forecasts, cosmic forecasts for the magazine, but you can see her every week. She goes live to tell us what's going on in the skies and the cosmos for that week. And through that, you can jump to her uh, personal message to reach out to her to get a reading or a clearing or whatever it is that you need. And we just love Jackie. So that is my starburst. What is yours, Belinda? So just uh, to add in for the Jackie, I met her during one of the retreats that you held. And she's just so knowledgeable and so insightful. Mm -hmm. Like if you're looking to get your birth chart read, she's the one. Like she just, she's incredible. Mm -hmm. So another just shout out. I'll add my little starburst to her. But today I'm going to send one out to some new friends that I made, the Rock Sisters. So, of course, they're crystals. Um, a few weeks ago when I went to the local psychic fair in town, I met with Crystal, who was selling these gorgeous crystals, and that's who I bought my moss agate from, my t uh, big tower. And we struck up this conversation, and we get to meet up throughout the month, and she is fabulous. And she has a sister called Amber, which I think is hilarious because she's crystal. And her sister's Amber, and that's why they call themselves the Rock Sisters. Um, and her sister Amber actually lives up in Colorado, and she sells as well. Um, Amber sells more mainstream, and Crystal, she sells wholesale. Um, between them both, they hold live events, and they offer sales on all, th all things crystals. And their, model is, their motto is manifesting magic and sharing the love of magic and crystals. And so I find myself scrolling through their Facebook groups and pages, just looking at all the different pretties that they're offering. So definitely check them out. They're at www.rocksistersmagic.com. Uh, and we'll also share the links to their pages on Facebook in the show notes. So, yes. So, yeah, astrologist and mm -hmm. crystal ladies. Great starbursts this week. Two of our favorite things. <laughs> okay, thank you so much for joining us for this cuppa. Please come back next Wednesday when we'll be serving the tea on spirit guides, why and how to connect with yours. You can find Starlight Tea on Spotify and Apple and coming soon, Goop. Good Pods, Google, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and Player FM. So in the meantime, be sure to follow us at Starlight Tea Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And if you have a question or topic suggestion, feel free to DM us or email us at hello at starlightteapodcast.com. We hope you'll join us next week. And in the meantime, remember to keep your teacup overflowing so you can serve from the saucer. Now go make some magic.